Three shots, four part, I just do two, one pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into, start right, good line, good view, it drew, shoot him, make podcast presented by Manscaped. This week we've got uh, Chris's custom clubs. Chris, how are you doing, man? Good buddy, how are you? Good. And He's two, back. Yeah, two weeks in a row we got the uh we got a bit of a motto, swing easy. So if you uh if you want the fellows to swing easy down below, go over to manscaped.com, use OTS golf, twenty percent off plus free shipping, get some crop preserver, part of the ultra premium collection. Have those things swinging easy, not uh stuck to the legs in the middle of the fourteenth fairway. Great tempo. Yeah, that was good. That was all right. Yeah. Smooth. Great We're good at those, man. Also, uh, <laughs> no free ads, but sacks underwear, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no free ads out there guys there's no free ads so uh yeah chris's custom clubs is back um second time now but uh chris we yep. talk like like we're like brothers man so we talk almost yeah. every day it's good man the uh, golf community is in a weird spot but decent spot i guess uh weird up top yeah. and where we are it's uh trending in a good direction so we wanted to have uh you know feel good tempo town on and uh yeah what's good with you man how's things Dude, everything is great, man. I'm uh, I'm really lucky to be, you know, a part of that really awesome kind of upper tier golf community, and um, you know, leading the degeneracy of that top, you know, you know, like top tier community. That's really cool too. I I, I really appreciate all of that stuff and all of, like the support that I get. And you know, I mean, I, I you know, I even get a real uh, kick out of the anti pieces of support that I get. I just I really appreciate it. You know, like the the whole growth thing, the, the whole growth and process has been really interesting. And man, we have a lot of fun, you and I, with those uh, screenshots and the DMs and stuff like that. And <laughs> some of them are like, you know, we don't get many. We've like Bryce and I have only had a couple, like really only a couple in in a couple of years now. But uh, yeah, the people are uh, the people are after you, man. Wait till you make that jump to get yourself a tour truck, head to the live tour, and you're. Uh, you're gonna start feeling. You're gonna start feeling it, man. Oh, yeah. You're gonna steal Chris too. I'm gonna go grab Nick Baldo's ass. <laughs> yeah, just in 400 million for Chris yeah. to go over the lift. So. Just like making things look flashy over there, right? Yeah, I I, I would do it for a lot less than that. Oh, I, I hope. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm pretty fucking cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. Would you say 400 million? Yeah, like it's a. Uh, 400 million i I, who do i have to sell out in order to get the 400 that's a lot of millions man uh hard to turn that down i feel like you know it's kind of like i know when we're recording this matt wolf it just came out matt wolf's going right so it's like it's starting to feel like a lot of people that are like you know maybe had some promise or have had good careers and stuff like that or like going there to i don't know to make a lot of money and i guess that's the what some people want to do, but the premium players are still in North America on the uh, PGA Tour, I guess. So I don't know. It's a weird, you know, though, weird man, time. Man, like if I stood, you know, half a chance at that bracket style golf, you know, if I stood even a minuscule chance of placing somewhere up there on the board, I mean, what what is the lowest purse on that? I mean, like one twenty. One twenty hundred event, yeah. Years. That's a yearly salary for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great salary. I mean, yeah. like, no well, problem. plus there's a ton of incentives and stuff like that. But man, like Charles Schwartzel's won the most money in a <laughs> professional golf tour event ever. Charles Schwartzel, yeah. like, what a name! Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I know he fluked. A, he's got a he's got a major. He fluked a green jacket, but like, it's you he almost know, he, fluked too. 
No, he didn't almost flew to. He he almost He's flew to, on Thursday. He almost flew to, yeah, he flew to good 18 36 holes something like that. Yeah, he but the thing is like I don't know. It's it's an interesting I don't know. Everyone's going to have their opinions no matter what. So it's yeah. what yeah, I mean, honestly like it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, happening whether we like it or not. So yeah. I, I really didn't expect the like the feedback online though to be so um polar opposite and so extreme i i i didn't i really didn't like me i'm very indifferent i think it's kind of interesting to have um personally watching the first live tour uh, or the first like event you know like it looked kind of like a golf um like slot machine ish kind of like um but i thought that the quality was really great you know like they didn't it didn't ever buffer like the picture was really really great i mean you could almost see the ball in like perfect trajectory which the pga tour does not i mean like they have to you know like catch the ball in the middle of the screen and mm-hmm. you know it looks all wobbly and shitty but it's the the production part of it i thought was actually pretty impressive and i was kind of uh like, i wouldn't say it changed my mind i'm still very indifferent towards it i yeah. think it's cool that there's another outlet to watch golf i think you get a lot of golf in the amount of time that you watch Mm -hmm. it's just kind of hard to keep track of and looking at like the score constantly alternating kind of it's kind of like a nascar race almost right they have the whole scoreboard on the left super nascar for sure yeah Yeah. um i don't know maybe they hired like one of the production people from nascar yeah maybe maybe. it's kind of a cool idea though see who's jumping see who's dropping i don't know yeah admittedly uh like i was at the canadian open same weekend i didn't get to watch much right so Mm -hmm. um like i was there live which was great being able to watch an event uh you know in person again but um i'm interested in it like anybody else i think the the basis of the tour is kind of like really weird it's really well i think that's all it is right it's just no one knows where this money's coming from so people are skeptical right that's all i think that's majority all it is i think people know where the money's coming from that's why people have an opinion on it right like yeah i guess you know but it's kind of at the point where like chris said it's another outlet for us to watch golf and hopefully gets to a point where it's a positive experience for people right like it could be you know because we get so many of these guys like you know you can think of guys like even like dj like he's only a couple years removed from the world number one but he's not really like not as competitive as he was obviously six months ago you know yeah but then like you know you get all these guys who float in their forties or whatever it is. And you know, some of them still, you know, spike a nice tournament, like even fill one at 51, right? Like it can mm-hmm. happen. It's just hard for them to p- compete with like Morikawa, Scheffler, yeah, Justin Thomas, true. Rory week in week out. So that's kind of like a nice, there might be a nice avenue where guys can go and still make, you know, have a profitable career until yeah, they get on a PGA sure. tour champions. Or something. I was surprised Taylor Gooch went. I mean, he was playing pretty decent yeah. golf lately and like, yeah. he's a younger guy and I thought he was well liked out there, but, um, like you said, everyone's going to make their own decision. So yeah, for that, it's kind of hard to understand. Like the really like young guys, like, you know, James Piot went there too. Right? Yeah. Like, that was odd. For I me think too. Ogletree went a couple like really young yeah. guys and like that. It's kind of interesting. Cause you always if you grow up for 18, 20 years, whatever it is, 25 years of your life, Matt Wolf's 23, you want to compete against the best players in the world. And like, there's no doubt they're still in the PGA Tour. I know, eh? I was reading the stats, like went to number, he was up as high as like, well, he had that US Open against Bryson where they- saw an Instagram post. Yeah, they went around the turn and then like, he was up to number 12. He went up as high as number 12. Yeah, and now he's down to number 74. 73, Um, Do you guys know if there'll be world rankings involved in the Live Tour at all or are they gone? Like they're- 
They're oh. off the official world golf rankings. I have no, no idea. idea. I know they have like exemptions to the majors and stuff like that, right? So yeah, but kind of back what you said, like yeah, you grew up wanting to win all these PGA tour or uh, PGA tour events like Masters and right. and all that. But like, what if the Masters and the PGA Championship and the US Open jump on the bandwagon with the PGA Tour and say, hey, like you're playing over there, you're not you're not playing in the US Open, you know? Like it's probably going to get to that. I, would I think. think right? I think. I think. Like I could see that happening with. I think I could definitely see that happen with the PGA Championship, the Open Championship, and the Masters, like the U.S. Open. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? Um, but yeah, we're we're getting deep into this one. Chris, can you tell us who anybody who's listening for the first time wants to check out a pod about you? Can you tell us uh, who who you are? Uh, I am I'm I'm Chris, and I uh, I normally would give my last name, but y'all are creepy out there, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of freaks listening to this podcast, yeah, man. Don't don't be giving out your last name. <laughs> yeah, dude, trying to find my wife and stuff on Facebook. It's been it's it's been weird, dude. There's been some weird stuff. But um yeah, uh you can find me at, at custom underscore clubs with the K. Um and I do everything from raw finishes to putters and half sets and curated half sets and persimmons and anything that's hard to hit and you want to get frustrated, you just come to my you know, you just come to my Instagram, we'll set you up with something a little bit more frustrating if golf's too easy for you. Yeah, I like how you're, uh, so Chris's thought is always like, you know, you're always getting at the hybrid guys. Bryce has got a new hybrid in the bag, but he's only got one. I'm newly, I'm newly a hybrid guy. Never once in my life hit it. Picked up a stealth with an X stiff Pro Force V2 in it, and it is now my favorite club in my bag. The stealth? I think what's cool about the stealth is uh, it. the hybrid doesn't, do very much in the air it just kind of knuckles out there pretty straight same trajectory even if you hit it a groove low it pretty much just yeah goes same thing i oh, have my price hits I that a, thing like 290 it's like it's insane <laughs> <laughs> i flew one over the green i was 265 back of the oh, green was 280 the other day and i flew it yeah. out of the fairway it was ridiculous it's wild but, man i'll like i'll like just not a drive and like you know i'll get it like roll it over to the 300 marker feeling pretty good and then like bryce is hitting the hybrid like you know five ten yards behind me I'm like what the hell you know there's there's uh, there's a misconception i'm glad you brought this up anyone who has a problem with me disliking hybrids I don't dislike hybrids. I think hybrids are very useful clubs. What I dislike is a bag full of hybrids. And the reason for that is, is because I disagree with making golf easier. I I think think I said that. I think I led in that way though. I was like, it's the multiple hybrids. I wasn't going to give Bryce a hard time. Like, I think you took the gapper out of your bag for that too. I still have it though. It it might make its way back here someday. The gapper is a good club. I like it. I just don't have an extra shaft for it. So the club head can't, keep a, it's just a stiff shaft so it can, it, it's it's too behind me so i just lose everything right um yeah dude there's there's a there's a really fine line those is it like one of those black and blue kbs shafts no well i have that it's a stiff 80 gram it's a little probably need a heavier shaft but then i have this little uh i don't know just another shaft i had in a hybrid way back with a tailor-made tip on i try to throw it in see if it would help but it didn't so you should just putt with it or something yeah, it's just sitting in the garage right now. So, Chris, what do you well, got on the go? Nice. I know uh, we got a couple friends of the pod that have done some that you've done some work for. Um, mm-hmm. Also, myself, I have a putter in transit to you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll probably have to have you back for a third 
third time, fourth time to uh, discuss that thing. Cause I know it's going to be pretty nasty. Um, oh, yeah. Anybody listening, like we posted it, a few people thought I was crazy. Bryce was one of them that said, uh, you're nuts. Uh, my pal Clancy real estate with Dave Clancy. He, uh, was out golfing with him at Oshawa the other day. A few people uh, thought that I was crazy that I just sent something like that down. So I should, I, I didn't, there's a bit of a disclaimer. I did not disclaim that. I, I do have two, uh, I think it's 2011 Del Mar. So I have, you know, if Chris screws it up, I got one. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I didn't say you're nuts for sending it. I just said, send it to send it to tell him to send it back here and pick it up at the wedding. So you don't have to pay the extra shipping. That's all. I mean, in the, uh, in the poll, I did like an Instagram poll. Oh, said you're nuts, but, um, I might actually I might be... just said that. Cause I thought, I think you're nuts period. That's what Yeah. Well, it's cause like everything comes up and like, we were getting some head covers and stuff made yeah. and like, Bryce getting all the details and I'm just like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Just send me whatever. I'll like it. I'll like it, man. So I'll actually probably be in Texas maybe when you wrap it up. So maybe, uh, maybe we can get it shipped over there. Ooh, Save a few bucks. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So Good. bachelor party in the middle of July there. So I was going to um, say it is going to be cool. as fall. Yeah. Brother. Appreciate you, Kirk. I know you listen to the podcast, so you're planning that. So thanks. That'll be great. How's the game been, Chris? I've been watching the uh, Instagram. You're uh Dude, my swing is actually coming around a little bit. The yeah, looks good. I, I let my left side, you know, I started talking to my swing coach, Andy Morris, like, I don't know, two years ago when I first started my Instagram or a year and a half ago. And um, he was like, man, you know, like your swing, you got, you know, the really great fundamentals. And what sucks is your left side. It just doesn't get out of the way. And I think we both determined that that was a mental block that I had developed over the healing process of my, of my left side. Cause for anyone that doesn't know, I fractured, we'll, we'll go ahead and start at the bottom. I fractured my left ankle. I tore my, the inner meniscus on my left knee and shaved my patella pretty much flat. And then I tore my hip flexor and fractured my left wrist all in one shot in a motorcycle accident. So my entire left side just completely handicapped me, changed my swing. I used to hit the ball so much better um much more consistent way less handsy and then somewhere along the line i started playing clubs that were too long and so i started to deal with early extension um because i was standing up to make pure contact so keeping the club at the same level not using my lower you know writing my lowering my right shoulder into the ball and then it just kind of took like an honest, you know, swing coach that I trusted because I really don't trust a lot of people. I think most swing coaches are kind of cookie cutter and they just kind of teach one method, which is like lay the club, you know, 30 degrees flat and drop the club in the slot. That's not applicable to me. I can't do that. Um, I have a single plane style swing. It's up on that line and then back down on the same line. I can generate power, speed all of that without having my hands so far behind my hips. I don't know how people time it like that, but I can't do that. So I've just been trying to keep that right elbow on my waistband and trying to get just my left side out of the way. And I'll try and start pushing pretty soon and see kind of what I can generate. I still get out over 300. I'm still somewhere in the one teens club head speed and I'm just gonna just gonna keep swinging a big old heavy shaft, and hopefully, all all of my shafts are heavy. My iron shafts are 130s. My wedges are 130s. My seven woods a 105. My five wood is an 85, and my driver is a 75. So 
all of my shafts are pretty heavy and I feel like I just don't need to get after them as much as a light shaft. I feel like you really need to whip the light shaft to get the same trajectory and distance. And I feel like if a lot of people go to a softer, heavier shaft, they'll have a better time making consistent contact and consistent swings. I've noticed that anyways, playing clubs that are the right length and the right grip size also makes a huge difference. Yeah. Very, you, very Chris, you keep the hands in like pretty close too, right? Like I've seen Bryce and I were talking about impact position uh, a couple weeks ago and like you, Mine is garbage. what's that? Mine is garbage. <laughs> I know, but like, so is mine. And Bryce's looks like fundamentally perfect. And he was like, I don't even know what you mean, Mac. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. But like, I do the same thing. Like I keep them pretty inside. Like, do you think that that has anything to do with like the shaft weight that you use? I think I got one twenties in my irons. Um, so, um, if you look at, you know, like the Titleist Institute and, um, their lead guys, all of, all of those guys have all said, there's no such thing as keeping your hands too close to your body. What having your hands far away from your body you know, it, it, it really emphasizes having a flatter takeaway and a, f- a flatter plane coming into your attack position. And I just, I'm not that kind of player. I can't, um, I can't consistently hit a draw without hitting snap hooks. Right. So, um, I can hit a draw, you know, but I can't do it for the entire round. Yeah. I'm the I same can- way. Yeah. I can't hit a draw for my life. <laughs> no, like that is definitely, that's why I ask you that question. Cause that's definitely something that plagues my game. Like my default, uh, like error user error is like a snap hook. Right. So, and I, I keep it in pretty, uh, yeah. So you're kind of inside even there, Bryce. Like, I am, yeah. yeah. So, cause we all think of like the tiger, like impact position and his arms are like pretty extended. You know what I mean? But like I noticed that you keep them in, you know, pretty close. And I, I hit that draw as well. That's like, I hit a natural, like five to 10 year draw. And then, you know, my, when I start getting older or it's like a little colder in the morning or something like my, you know, I defend it and I snap hook it. Right. So that's kind of a, that's just a thought of mine. Something I need to like work out. I need to just get more flexible. So with a, with a snap hook, I, I like to, I like to recommend heavier shafts also, um, high floaty, right and snap hooks i I think if people have more shaft you know just uh, just a heavier bulkier item in their hand um it's just it's harder to have your wrists do things that you know you don't turn them over you know like it's easier for you to turn them over on time it's easier to hit things with a sledgehammer than it is a whip and it's easier to hit it's it's easier to hit things straight with a sledgehammer than it is with a whip so i feel like going to a heavier more tempo ridden one flex down and then tip it. it it really it really makes a difference like when i went to the stealth from the og sim because i'm terrible off the tee whatever um i'm absolute muff cabbage you know uh my i would say like my average prior to the stealth per round i would say i probably hit eight fairways maybe mm-hmm. i don't know um, eight to 14 that's that's not that bad it's not, but when you have to take a drop on those other six, yeah, you know, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's twelve. Yeah. That's twelve strokes right there, yeah. my friend. So, I just don't. Sorry, go ahead, keep going. Sorry. So, like now, I hit eleven fairways. You know, the other day, I hit eleven fairways. That's an all-time best for me. Yeah, nice. and I 
and I still shot 76. You minimize, even, you minimize the damage on the others too, right? Like, is that the idea? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, sometimes I go back to the mini driver if I'm feeling really crappy about my T game. Um, I'm not a three wood person. I just, I just can't reliably hit one. It's not the three wood. It's me. It doesn't matter, you know, if it was perfect for me. I just, that intermediate length just drives me nuts. I want it to be long or I want it to be short. And my seven wood is short. So is my five wood. They're both like a quarter inch under standard. Go ahead, Bryce. Go ahead, man. No, I was just saying, uh, I I think I could benefit from some heavier shafts because I think mine are literally just totally stuck. They're stiff shafts and they're just stuck. And that is exactly my miss every time it's that high, spinny, floaty one, like that floaty cut that just literally falls out of the sky and goes 15 yards right. Or 25 yards short of what you had in mind. Yeah. You know, but it, opposite it, of you, Chris, I've been money off the tee. I played nine holes the other day. I just downloaded 18 birdies and actually started using it. Kind of a good little app to have. It is. Yeah. Um, if you pay uh, for it, the free uh, one is meh. I just used the free one, but I was 85.7 on fairways hit on nine holes. I mean, it's that's pretty amazing. Fun. Yeah, I think it'll like, it won't like give fairways you all that regulation. info unless you pay for it. It'll like the first 30 days, it's good or whatever. And then, yeah. Oh, and then it just screws off on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The handicap's down to a 6 2 now. So I'm starting to play some good golf. Yeah, you're better. Your, your handicap's better than mine. My handicap's like a fucking 8.7. I'm going to keep my well, head. I started, I put, my first four rounds in or five rounds and it was like a 13 just over the past couple of weeks. I've just gotten it down. So I'm going to start to play some good golf. Yeah. I got yeah, some people. decent rounds in the bag. Like I had a decent one the other day. I was telling Bryce, I played a bit of a money game. I think I was like, I was seven over, but I was only one over on the back, which is when we played for money. I felt like I sandbagged this guy so bad. We played on the front nine, and then we were talking like poker. He's going down the World Series, and he's a really good guy. So he said, you want to play a match, or we were talking about it. And uh, I did pretty good on the back, so um, I owe him a rematch because I can't I can't keep together for 18 holes. <laughs> like, nine holes Dude, is like... Eat. I have a really great front or a really great back. That's me, man. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just... I'll be plus five, plus six on the front or back, and then I'm like even or one over on the other end so yeah same it's uh very it's familiar i understand now chris so uh getting back into kind of um like what you do like custom clubs so um since we last spoke you've kind of tapered your your business so to speak or your mm-hmm. your brand down a little bit so what do you what are you currently like working on um you're just doing like smaller sets and stuff and uh focusing on wedges putters like that and do you have anything on the go that you can talk about currently um, currently right now, I just finished up a set of Nike blades that are really creepy. Um, I, uh, I, the reason why I tapered is just because it's really hard for me to stay competitive with, um, other like box stores, basically just because of supply demands and stuff. Um, eBay is still pretty stocked in Indonesia, Malaysia, South Korea, Japan, all of those places are still pretty flooded. You just have to wait you know, two to three weeks to get whatever you need. Right. So the taper was a a culmination of things. It was me not wanting uh, other people to interfere with my creative freedom, because that's kind of one of the things that I get the most joy out of is the person not knowing what they're going to get when they get their clubs back, just knowing that they're going to be bitching. Um, I think too many people are, I think 20 handicaps are really opinionated people. And um, I just, I got really tired of everyone wanting extra stiff shafts when their swing speed is like, you know, 75 with a seven iron. It's just, 
there's just a lot of uh, big ego that goes along with golf and a lot of gatekeeping. And I figured if I just expose myself to less of that and don't have to worry about ordering as many components, just my life would be better. And I was right. So um, I'm just going to keep it that way. I'm only doing very specific, like uh, kind of grail sets. You know, if you have something like Fujimoto's or you want a set of MP20s or, you know, you want a really you know great classic set of blades, I'll do those. But for the most part, um, if you want me to rebuild your PXGs, I'm just, I'm just going to ignore your DM. The, uh, uh, the blades, the Nike blades are for Hurley, JR Hurley. Uh, those, that, that was, a that, was a, that was a raw set that I did. Yeah. Those are really, really nice. The yeah. ones that, uh, I just finished up last night are for, uh, just a customer named Randy. He's a great guy. Um, and those things, you know, it's funny speaking of Nike golf real quick. I want to go off on a little segment. No one batted a damn eye at Nike when they were, you know, producing golf equipment from say 2007 you know earlier yeah but now, now everyone wants it now everyone's after everything yeah. nike and yeah. i i would say it was you know the opposite of you know being interested i think most people were really you know doggish towards nike golf and the only saving grace i think that nike golf had was that was tiger and rory and tony fino and I Brooks couldn't, agree more. couldn't agree more I think they're the only reason why Nike golf really stayed afloat in terms of like public relations, because I don't really think anyone liked Nike golf. I've always been a Nike golf fan. I've never really worn their clothes or the shoes or the hats, but I always liked their clubs and I always liked the feel. Like my first set was the ignite combo set dude, unbeatable. They were bitching. Like that was like my first real full set of golf clubs. And you know, they were like $600 and my mom hated spending that, but she did. And I played them for you know three years in high school until the faces were just absolutely beat to shit. And then I got a set of titles. And that was the beginning of my blades. I remember the uh like the blue and gray driver, like that tiger used to play. Like right I I feel like it was like the first driver that kind of um I can't remember the name of it. You would know it for sure, but you're talking about the ignite it, the, I think so. I think and it was red and gray, wasn't it? No, that's like the, the vapor. Yeah, the that's vapor. like the vapor victory, yeah. like the VR Pro or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the VR Pro, like Scotty Scheffler still had that in the bag last year, the three wood, right? So I mean it's all of their clubs are totally relevant still. Their blades yeah. are sneaky good. And also surprisingly, they're actually like one of the longer blades. They they carry way longer than the average blade. Blades don't go very far, you know, mm-hmm. like I people have a misconception that when you play blades like you can hit 180 yard seven iron i guess you could but you'd have to swing pretty fucking hard to do that so like my seven iron for instance my seven iron only carries like 160 165 yeah but my 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 three irons my five seven and nine are my five is 30 degrees my seven is 37 degrees and my nine irons 44 degrees so they're two clubs short of modern number. Basically. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, uh, I think a buddy of mine was playing like the seven seventies and like, I just looked at the pitching wedge or looked it up and it was like, it looks like a six iron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like, yeah. it's crazy. You know, I'm sitting here hitting a pitching wedge. That's like 40, 125, uh, 130. Yeah. Like I, I, I hit it about 125. Yeah. And like the seven irons about 160, 165, similar yardages. <laughs> right. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I got the seven eight five, so it's gonna be hard to get those out of the bag. Like yeah, things. Mac, I, I just rolled my method in the last couple of rounds, and I've just been putting lights out. That thing. I don't know what it is man. about that putter. I just I'm I like it. I don't know. Well, I found a set of the uh, the VR Pros the other day, Chris, and I messaged the guy. He never responded, so they probably got snatched up pretty quick. But Bastard. I was trying. I was like desperately trying to get those. I feel like when they pop up, you just in, in a lefty set too. It's just like you just no, have to grab them. You just got to get them. You just. Gotta I had some of the victory reds in my hand. I hit them a couple times. My buddy was selling them. If the pitching wedge didn't have a huge gouge out of it, I would have not even batted an eye at them. Should have just sent it to me. I would have gotten that gouge out. Yeah, or just. Uh, like whatever wedge set you're playing, just get a 46 yeah. in it or whatever. Right? Yeah. I yeah, totally it, was, it, was, it was these ones here. Oh yeah. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, felt good right. too. I don't think I could, I don't know. I don't think I could play blades, but then again, like I probably could. I don't know. Your handicap is better than mine. I play blades. Yeah. I struggle at the top of the bag sometimes with like the four or five, you know, I could combo them with these. What would it be? The seven, six, five, seven, seven, yeah, I have, seven, I have one. I have like the six from the fitting, but, uh, this one. Hey, it looks sense. right-handed from here. Yeah, it's not, but you know, uh, what, I, you know <laughs> what I don't like about my irons is the offset. It just, but you like that gapper so much. I don't know. No, my my six, five, and four iron in my pings, the offset is like way more than the shorter irons, and it just looks so bad to me. It looks like it looks like a putter offset, like you know, like the hosel. That's yeah. literally what my, what my irons look like, and I can't stand it. Um, I mean, that's a more forgiving face, you know, like putting the hosel way, you know, even with yeah. the heel is, you know, always a, it's always a possibility that yeah, for sure, you know, you hit a textbook shank, but. I mean, I hit one today. I hit a like the coldest, most textbook shank. I mean, just just so glorious. You know, I stepped back and waved to the fans and tipped my hat. Yeah. It's that bad. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> gotta have you gotta have one once in a while, though. You gotta have one around, probably, man. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I like. had one a few weeks ago. I mean, I had a few drinks, but I mean, I went it went dead right, like dead right. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've had any like I had like the yips. I was telling Bryce like pretty bad at the beginning of the year, but. Uh, Paul Park got me, uh, got me over the hump, man. Yeah, Paul Park, yeah. man. The best, Park, the best, man. We're all big fans of Paul Park here and uh, G Pod in general. Yeah, so a couple of us yeah. have G Pods in the bag. Bryce will, uh, Bryce will get one in time, but probably, literally, the best training device that you that there is in golf. Like it's everybody wants it's to best. watch their swing back, and it's so easy, man. You just pop it in the ground. Your phone sticks right to it. He's got some type of magical magnet or something in that thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah probably and you can use uh clubs 10 clubs 10 with a k yeah yeah clubs get yourself, 10 with a, k. Uh, yeah. a couple a couple bucks off or some free tax yeah. or whatever it's free shipping yeah but um yeah he had helped me out a little bit um like he's a true pro man like paul is like as good as it gets when it comes to uh you know and pro dude golfers, he absolutely smashes i mean like he hits a i think it's a g400 max yep. or an lsd i don't remember which model yeah i think it's the lsd yeah. 400 but i mean i i i've never i've never seen so much power come out of someone so unsuspecting i mean like yeah. you 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 know looking at paul no offense paul you're still korean jesus to me um you know like if if you um if you look at paul he's probably five seven five eight hundred and sixty five pounds and just you know smokes it past you i mean yeah 
there's there's no catching that guy and it's not the hot driver face of the g400 that's just paul smashing center face every time mm-hmm. it's these lag guys the one above me that you can see here bryce he's got the major uh the major lag that just kind of put it out there but... like nine foot wingspan yeah exactly Dude, exactly he, right? he, he he draws the prettiest range decorations man i mean like he puts the straightest lines down the groundskeepers on the range must yeah. love just love yeah. Paul. it's so easy <laughs> man paul doesn't do any wrong around here i know he was saying that he might be up here um i think so it'd be like the 18th i'm doing the uh i told i told bryce but um past guest of the pod uh zahildi nathu uh ziggy nathu uh, i'm gonna carry the bag from on the monday we're gonna do the qualifier and then hopefully uh get into the osprey valley event up here so that'll be pretty good I think Paul's going to try and make it up. He said so. Last time we talked to him, so it'd be good to uh, to meet him in I person. Teach you how to hit a flighted wedge, man. Yeah, I'm just life saving. I, you know life. what, man, you're around all those guys, and they're all just so damn good, right? Like Ziggy, like watching Ziggy play, same type of thing, man. Like he doesn't, I wouldn't say he hits it like that far, but man, he's like one of the best iron players I've ever seen in person. Like it's, it's just so pure all the time. Like never yeah. miss. Like other than Blaker. Know, yeah yeah like that's what i mean blake's like right around that level man he could be it's uh, insane man imagine he cared silver Kruger on the track gang gang twirl gang 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 twirl gang twirl twirl gang twirl gang give me that driver i let it bang twirl gang twirl gang give me that whiz i'm taking that aim twirl gang twirl gang so we kind of got into a bit chris uh your bag right now so i've posted a couple things on it um Mm -hmm. like the half sets kind of you know playing less than 14 um i know that you're kind of a leader in that community so uh how's your bag looking right now can we go through top to bottom you got time absolutely yeah absolutely so um starting from the top pocket Currently, I'm playing the Stealth Plus 9-degree head. I have it turned up a little bit um, at like 10.25 because I have one of those cool tour, uh, tour adapters. Um, and my my shaft of choice currently is the Graphaloid Platinum 75 stiff. It's tipped almost two inches. Um, so it plays almost extra stiff, um, but it's heavy. So is it 44 I mean, then? Uh, my my shaft plays at like I think I cut it at 44 and I think it plays at 45 and a half 40, okay. 45 and three quarters um, and then my two iron is a sim UDI 17 degree and I play that with a Graphaloid Proto 105 um, my five wood uh, which is, it kind of goes back and forth between my two iron and my five wood. Uh, my five wood is a Glore. Uh, the tailor made the J spec, uh, series of woods. That's got, got a VA shaft, uh, VA composites, uh, Raijin in it. That's an 80 gram. And then in my seven wood, I have another Graphaloid Proto 105, um, irons. I, kind of flip-flop around in irons a little bit. Sometimes I play MP32s or 33s, and sometimes I play my MP20s. I'm just a Mizuno iron guy. Um, and then I play 5, 7, and 9. They're all lofted the same. They're all the same length. They basically all have the same shafts in them, so it's really not changing that much. Um, my MP20s go the furthest 
for sure. Um, I think what I like the most about the MP20s is that while being a blade, um, I think that they're even harder to hit than a regular blade. The, the turp interaction is so bad if you miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it'll your ball will go you know, just absolutely nowhere if you chunk it. And if you hit it thin, it's going to go so far past what you had in mind. Right. It's They are just, you cannot miss by a dimple with those things. And I absolutely adore that about them. They just make me so frustrated and they just make me want to hit the ball so much better. And I, I, I love that about them. And I love making golf as hard as possible. Um, Chris, hold on. Before you go on, I don't mean to cut you off. Can you give us like an idea? Because I know that this would be a question. Um, I know that this has been a question for me when I've gone out and I just like want to carry. It's like hot. So I'll grab like every other iron, grab like one wedge mm-hmm. or whatever, right? What's your gapping like? So you got the UDI, the seven wood. Is that what you said? You went down to the seven wood? Yeah. So and, then, I, and then the five iron. So like what's the gapping like between those three? So my across my bag, you'll find between uh, eight and 10 degree gap. So, um, I like to play, so my driver is 10.25, my two iron is 17, my seven wood is 21, um, my f- 20, 21 or 22, I don't remember exactly which. And then my five iron is 30 degrees. My seven iron is 37 degrees. My nine iron is 44 degrees. My pitching wedge is 48. My lob wedge is 50, 59, I think. And my putter. So nine clubs and no more than say 10 degrees between them, which, um, in theory, I have, I have, I have three shots for every club in my bag, basically minus the driver. I have three yardages for everyone. I'm capable of hitting my seven iron, a hundred yards or 160 five iron. I can hit it from 150 to about 200. My nine iron, I can hit anywhere from like 120 to like 145, 150. Um, my pitching wedge, 48 degree, I can hit anywhere from like 90 yards to like 120 comfortably, you know, my 58, somewhere between 30 yards and 90 yards. Um, so the gapping across my bag is actually pretty OCD. Um, I think that you could get away with being a lot less exact than I am, but I feel like I've never played with 14 clubs never as long as i was a competitive golfer never played with 14 always played with like 11 yeah or yeah like and that was the thing like it, it sounds like you've got the gapping like especially in the in the scoring clubs it's like tight like it's it's really tight right and you don't have to mm-hmm. manipulate too many shots probably that way not at all yeah and then like obviously we get up to longer irons and stuff you just have a little bit more fun right like you just like have to get a bit more creative like i found that yeah. too like um, I, I said to you i think i played around a golf and i thought that there was like three times it came up where i was like okay and again, I don't have three shots for every club. I pretty much mm-hmm. have like maybe two, like, you know, I can yeah. flight something in there a little bit, or I'm just hitting my standard, like stock draw that I usually hit. Right. So, um, that's kind of like where I actually didn't find it to be that inconvenient at all. Like, I think I played a three, my three iron, I think I brought like a six, five or six, and then split them up every other iron that way and brought like a 56, I think. And I didn't find any trouble with it. Like I didn't find like I was really in any positions where I didn't think I could reach something. I think the gapping between my three iron and my five iron or my six iron, whichever I had was like pretty significant, mm-hmm. but I could probably tighten that yeah. up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I mean, here, here's the thing about 95% of amateur golfers. Anyway, let's, let's say amateur golfers, let's say over a 10 handicap. Okay. So double digits. Let's, let's just 
give them a six iron, give them 10 balls and see how many different distances they hit their six iron on accident. I guarantee they're going to be all over the map. Mm-hmm. One of their six irons is going to carry 190, one's going to carry 160, one's going to carry 140, one's going to carry 210, right? Because they're all over the, they're, they're everywhere. You know, you could, you know, put um, a nice big stick of, you know, like an M80 right in the center of the club face. And that thing would be nice and, you know, unpopped by the time you looked at the face. I just, when people, you know, are like, oh, dude, like, what if I really need an eight iron? I'm like, dude, you'd split hairs over seven yards and then miss the green anyways. You know, mm-hmm. you might as well just, you, you, you might as well learn to be more controlled with a seven iron than try and gas an eight iron. And that's a really great, it's a really great philosophy. And I think splitting 10 yard hairs when you're not really sure how far you hit your clubs anyways. Right. I, it, I mean, how many people go and hit pro V ones on the range with a launch monitor to really, you know, dial in how far they hit their clubs range balls between 20 and 30% distance loss and, mm-hmm. you know, probably 15 to 30% spin rate increase. So how, how do you really determine how far you hit your clubs unless you go on the course with your swing caddy and, uh, uh, you know, a laser and figure out exactly how far you hit your clubs, you know, on average, because mm-hmm. sometimes I can peer a five iron 210 and sometimes I kind of hit it at, at 185. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like the interesting part that I find about it. And that's where I think that, I don't know, we kind of over like at our level, like the three of us are all probably within two points in a handicap. And like, it's one of those things where, you know, even at our level being very good golfers, like we would probably be in like the top 2% of golfers, all three of us. And like, we're, we're kind of overthinking these things a little bit too much. Right. And like everyone is, yeah. And that's the idea. Like, go ahead. Bryce. Sorry. Well, my dad always said, um, like just kind of recently now that we like play a lot and we're, uh, we're all pretty good. Like me and my brothers, he always, when he plays with us and I'm like, Hey, give me yardage. And my brother's like 10 yards in front of me. He always yells at me. He's like, what's the difference between 10 yards or like seven, whatever it is, like a small mm-hmm. margin. He's like, what's the yeah. difference? Pick a club, yeah. commit and hit the shot. Exactly. And like, if you knew, if you knew my dad, you'd kind of chuckle at that. Cause he's, he likes to get in and out and play. Uh, he plays pretty quick. So it's so easy to just, you know, um, look at your bag and go, what in here do I hit all the same distance? And so many people add loft at impact, you know, at their, at their position six, so many people add that position six, position seven, so many people add loft that, you know, by having their right shoulder displaced. Yeah. Like hitting it like a driver this way and not, you know, this way, you know, having your shoulder actually aimed at the ball and, you know, they try and scoop and try and help it up in the air. And so naturally your six iron is going to go as far as your eight, you know, they're like, you know, half, half of my irons go the same distance. Could that be my lie angle? Like, no, it's the way that you position the way that you position yourself. Yeah. And it's like, well, and also using like a pro V one X and then grabbing a noodle on the next hole. Cause there's a body of water in front of you too. Right. So like, that's going to make a bit of a difference at times too. We had that come up and, What's yeah, that anyone listening that swaps golf balls in the middle of your round, you are killing yourself slowly and fucking painfully. Yeah, like that's one of the things that man, I talked to Mikey uh from TXG early on in the podcast and he said that one thing. It's just like if you can do one thing to help with your game, play the same ball all the time. Like get get fit, you can get a ball fitting and yeah. like 
you know, try to be consistent. If you find a ball that you really like that you feel like you play well with, uh, not just cause you have like a low round with it or whatever, but like mm-hmm. use it. And if there's water on the hole, continue to use it and hope you hit a good shot. This came up the other day. I was playing with a few of my buddies and I, I was talking about this, I think last week on the pod where, uh, I don't know, like if, if you like, I think somebody's going to throw me a ball or something. I can't remember what happened, but I was like, Oh no, like I'll just grab one back out of the cart or whatever. Cause it was the same hole I hit the hole in one on too. And I couldn't imagine like if I'm like playing some like beat up Kirkland or something, then I got to put that up in the, up in the rack. Cause I like by chance jar one, right? Like, you know, you just, you just never know what's going to happen in golf. And I know Van says that, like, you know, Van well, and he says like, you just, you never know like what your net, what's going to happen with your next golf shot. Right. And you don't want that to be yeah. remembered by like, Oh, I made a, you know, I made an ace or I made like an Eagle or an albatross or something like that with like some noodle I found. And like, that's my, that's my gamer now. Yeah. So that's what I'm playing. I hate to say it, but I, uh, I think I play, I've played my best rounds all year with the Kirklands. I, I just hit them well. And I play well with them. I probably lose 10 yards at least on the team. Definitely. I don't, Absolutely. I don't, I yeah. don't need it though. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. No. For sure. Well, you can like so, spin the shit out of those things too, right? And, I, like, I you honestly cover off them. Like, remember, I, I got, honestly yeah. like them. Like, I it's crazy to say, but like, I play the play them pretty consistently. One, do me a favor cheap. though. Do 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 me one favor. Try a Bridgestone R Tour BRX. Okay? I've I've hit the Mac and I loved it. I just yeah. I gave you a couple of those. Didn't you I? gave me yeah. a sleeve. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I loved them. That's, it's been like crazy. Right there, baby. Yeah, I just don't. I don't care to go spend seventy dollars on a box of golf balls. I think I think I you can get prior totally generations on sale right now for like thirty bucks up here in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You get them I'd sometimes, rather, right? Yeah. So I'd rather yeah. just go buy twenty four balls for twenty six <laughs> bucks and go last them. They'll last me two months. <laughs> Yeah, I it's just, just like uh, it's just the, like you tear them up though, like especially like the way you compress the ball, like you, you tear. Oh, them. Sure. Like, you can ruin yeah. a ball with one swing, like one of those balls with those colors, right? Grab a new one. There's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, we had a question here though, so sometimes we like to take questions on the pod. Sometimes we don't. I know. I wanted to open this up too. Uh, I know you have a very big organic following, Chris. So I wanted to open up to a couple of questions. We're gonna take one. Um, I, was, I figured we'd get some like we could get some pretty interesting ones too, knowing you're, knowing you're following man. So this one's pretty good though. Uh, we're talking about the bag. So fat man golf, P H A T underscore man, underscore golf says, what's your favorite club in the bag? Seven wood. I knew it That's was, man. Be, I knew yeah, it was. Easy. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's my 190 to 215 yard club. It's just, I hit a nasty little tight draw with it. Sometimes I overcook it, but yeah, it's uh it's just a nasty club for me. It's also like my hybrid chipping club around the green. Mm-hmm. I'm also, a I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. You're playing it. You're playing single digit right now. So you're tipping it up most of the time. So your, your typical par three is going to be like in that range, probably like yeah. three of the four, usually most courses have like one short one. That's kind of nice to look at, but they're going to be floating around like 190 to 210, something like that. Right. So it's, honestly, it's pretty criminal for me to play any tees, but tips. Yeah. Um, they're, there's no excuse for a 25 year golfer to be playing whites. Um, Mm. I, I, I wholeheartedly invite anyone to play the correct tees for them. I would never make fun of anyone for playing their correct tees that fit their handicap. If sometimes the ball doesn't go in front of the tee in front of you, you need to be playing from that tee. Mm-hmm. so yeah for sure I like just, i know well we both follow andrew rasmussen a golfer i think it is he's such it. a yeah. great guy yeah and he posted something about that too like we've talked to him a little bit before he hasn't come on the pod before but we he had posted something like a nice like breakdown i think there mm-hmm. is a little bit of variance in it like if you hit your six iron this far and the 
distance sure. of the club is as far like mm-hmm. I don't hit like you know that would mean that Kyle Berkshire would be playing like you know ten thousand yards. Super black. Yeah. yeah. So super it's like blacks. so it's it's there is some variance to it, but for most golfers, it's a general rule of thumb. Like say you hit your six iron one sixty five, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you know you're playing the back tees or something, whatever. So so go like, check I that out. He he does have a reel or something posted. So on that. so so if your five iron goes one hundred and eighty yard or one hundred and eighty five yards. Um, you take your 185, you multiply it by 36, I think. And then, you know, that's the yardage that you should be playing from. And I think that's how that's, yeah, that's done, 66, just sure. a little over 66. So that's pretty much going to be, you know, the second from the back of most teams, exactly. right? So then so, obviously there's going to be a little bit of advancement for some golfers. Like you said, 25 year golf for myself as well. And, you know, if you get around pretty well, you're going to want to move it back. Right. So, and, and, and if you want to leave your driver at home and specifically still, you know, have a great time and play, you know, a forward tee, dude, challenge yourself from a, from a different position. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like if I played white tees, I'm going to be within 10, 20 yards of every green. That's, that's super hard for me. I should probably do that more so that I work on those 10, 20 yard chips, but yeah, at the same time, the, re- the other people in my group, you know, who are playing from the back tees or whatever. And cause I decided to be a hero and leave the driver at home. That's just kind of annoying. Well, and then it's like, it's a false sense of like, uh, like you're not scoring from those positions. Like no. you're not actually scoring from those positions. Mm-hmm. Right. So especially I'm if it's playing at, you know, like Bryce got a chance to play my club the other day. Um, well, actually you were there too, Chris, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Good time. But, um, I think it's only 64 or 6,500, but it's like tight. It's narrow. Greens are nasty. Hard. It's like, it's hard. Man. Undulating. It's hard. Yeah. Everything's moving. So it looks, it, it, it looks like you just experience four seasons every single day. Yeah. And like, you yeah, know, I, I, I well, that's what I, man, that's what I was saying this year. I have a 365 yard drive and in the same round, I have like a 230 yard drive. Like it's, <laughs> that was early in the season, mind you, but like, it was yeah. insane, man. Like that's a, you know, I'm not going to be like, it's a oh tough yeah, track, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, and everything's kind of grown up now. So it's, it's narrow, it's tough, it's tight. You got to be able to like really hit it in some good spots. But, uh, yeah, before we let you go though, Chris, I wanted to, um, you know, you're, I don't want to say you're part of like the movement, but I know you're like, you know, you're kind of preaching like, you know, golf is trying to become cool. I don't know. It's it's still struggling a little bit, but like, I'm, I'm for a, a shrink the game movement, but in an unconventional sense, I only want the people in golf who are here to experience the game in its fullest and stop trying to cheat it to get a better score to, you know, uh, appease your ego or, you know, like your insecurities, no one, no one cares how far you hit your driver. No one cares how far you hit your six iron. No one cares that you hit your pitching wedge 150 yards. It only matters if you hit a lot of GIRs and fairways and your putts are sub 33. It, everything else doesn't matter. You know, like if you're planning on playing any kind of decent golf, leaving your ego in the car is going to be probably the biggest help and taking clubs out of your bag and constantly cycling clubs in and out of your bag is a really great way to take away a lot of frustration because if you have 160 yards and that's an in-between club for you, you don't carry that club and you miss the green doesn't matter. You don't carry that club. So 
you can't get that. Yeah, you mad. get to work on another shot, like we were talking about. That yeah. maybe you don't. It's you know. you know you can't get that mad. And if someone doesn't like the way you're dressed, fuck that person. And so you know, so that that is like kind of what I was alluding to when we get in this conversation. So like the the dress code, like I know there was uh, a couple like things posted about some clubs like completely lifting mm-hmm. the dress code or like yeah. you know neutralizing a little bit. I said mm-hmm. the other day I got asked to tuck my shirt in, and I wasn't even thinking. I said good morning as I was like passing the person. I just like and I was like oh like. I think that guy said, tuck your shirt in. And I was just like, uh, like I look good. Like I look okay. Like I'm fine. I thought it was like pretty weird, but, um, you know, we're kind of like moving I away from that guy to tuck his penis back. <laughs> I just like, I was already like past him and before it like processed. Right. I was just like, Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's weird. Like I, I was like, that's kind of a weird thought, but, um, you know, I'm like wearing like still a nice, like I'm at, an, it was a nice club. I was like, fitted up pretty good. I was okay. And, uh, you know, we're kind of moving away from that though. And trying to like accept more people in the game. Like mm-hmm. my thing is, and I know Bryce thinks the same way. And a lot of like golfers, especially at our level is I don't care really what you look like on the course or how bad you are, what you shoot. Um, nah. I just want you to like move it along, like keep the game and, moving. Right. You know, and also respect who came and did it before you and did it better than you mm-hmm. because without the original, you know, the, the four founders of this sport, they dressed period appropriate, which happened to be nicer. Right. right? And now that we're a more casual bunch, um, I find it much more, let's say, you know, etiquette acceptable to just be wearing a collar and nothing else matters. And even if you go to your course wearing a t-shirt, if if it's a $35 muni track, who cares? You know, like by all means, man, rock the t-shirt, rock the sweats and fix your ball marks fill your divots, break mm-hmm. the sand, just basic course etiquette to me goes a lot further than what you're wearing. Yeah. And I like, I think care. that's what I'm trying I to say, care, right? Like, yeah, you can like, you can go to your business right now and you can wear like, you know, a pair of uh, like joggers or whatever, chinos, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You got like a golf shirt on, like it doesn't have to be like, you know, man, grown men are wearing yoga pants right now, you know, and you're not, you you're not supposed to say anything about full grown men wearing yoga pants, but you know, we all think the same thing. Thing. I, do, I would prefer that you kept the yoga pants off the golf course. That that is. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying though. Say you're at your work. You know you're making like good money, hundred k a year, or something like that, or whatever it is. Like, and you can wear this to work, but you can't go to that in the golf club, right? Like, you can't wear that yeah. to the golf club. Like to me, that doesn't like make sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I think trying yeah. to wait, move away from that is like a positive experience for everybody, Definitely. especially people getting introduced to the game. I don't care if you're wearing yoga pants or anything like that. Like, typically, I'll wear like some type of like jogger or something to the course. I don't really fit into a pair of yoga pants. I'm still a pretty big guy, so not no. quite there yet. But uh, fluffy baby, yeah, my but butt looks good in yoga pants. I bet it fucking does. Because, but Bryce know, is also are... like six four, one hundred and sixty-five, yeah. seventy pounds or something too, right? But like mm-hmm. to each their own. Like, that's kind of the thing. Like I'm not. Are you six four, Bryce? Six, six two. Six two. Okay. Six two? You have six. a six pack. <laughs> Oh, uh, I used to. Yeah, Bryce, okay. Bryce I, is getting old now. He's getting married soon. He, he's okay. getting too comfortable. Yeah, but uh, uh you get married. <laughs> but that's kind of like the idea, right? Is like I like seeing different pages, like your own, like bands, yeah. like you know Dalton, everybody else, kind of like 
we saw this one. I sent this one over to Dalton the other day. I can't remember the guy's name, the pro's name. Uh, he's like, or, or I think he's a D1 player right now. And he's like, got a bucket hat on, got like a pair of shorts, untucked shirt. He's carrying like a single strap bag, playing a D1 tournament. I can't remember the guy's name, but he drops it on the ground, like grabs a club out. Like he's like out of Happy Gilmore or something like that. It was pretty cool. But like, I just like the idea of like all the different uh, people kind of getting involved in the game. And for me, like personally, I just like to see people kind of keep the pace up. Aside from that, yeah, you know, I like to get out there. Like I was out there with my buddy Thomas the other day. He probably shot 150 or something. I don't know, but he re- doesn't matter. But he man, kept he reloaded three balls within 10 seconds. Like it was. There you I've, go. Seen, I've seen guys like take a tee shot that takes over a minute to set up, and he Fair was just man. like, bam, in the water. Like it was crazy, man. So he's like still kind of half following through releases. Like, I guess he's a righty. So he releases the right hand is in the pocket already. While he's like still controlling the, the club with his left hand. It's going back on the tee and he's trying again, putting that one in the water. So it was just like, <laughs> but it's fun, man. He kept it going. You know what I mean? Like, so like go out have a good time and just like have some drinks or whatever. And like, we played the round in three hours, right? It was awesome. So yeah, man, I played my round in like three and a half hours this morning at a, I mean, the most spanking stunning, golf course yeah with that Canada. track looks good man. oh man just insane what spot was that uh it's called oak quarry and uh i played like absolute muff cabbage but um my putting was great that's the only thing that gave me a, a sub 85 card honestly i didn't deserve it but my putter shout, shout out lowly you know a tyler lowy for making me a sweet putter um it's a it's a really really great machine um I'm lucky enough to be able to walk out to the garage and just pick out whatever putter I want to roll for the day. But well, yeah, I wanted to get into that real quick because you said your favorite club's your seven wood, but I'm looking at this Bentonardi. I don't know if that's the one you've been using, but <laughs> that little blade and it's a good looking putter. That thing is heavy as fuck, dude. That thing's is a it? tank. It's a great putter. Um, I'm actually working on putting like a like a 1911 brass gun sight uh, right in the middle of it. I have a hard time keeping that thing square. Um, yeah. It's very toe hangy. Yeah, it's very toe hangy, and I am a very straight back, straight through kind of putter. And so a face balanced putter tends to work a little bit better for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also play my putters very heavy and pretty long. I'm just tall, and my arms are kind of short. So um, my putters are about 35 and a half, I suppose, to normal length. I think it's 34, 35. I play with half inch or three quarters of an inch over that on average be right back um, you guys keep going i uh i i i feel like um i kind of put well with anything it's kind of a stronger point in my game it's always been a, a decent part of my game it's That's always kind nice, of nice man i i mean i i wish that i could match that off the tee you know like yeah. once i figure out how to hit off the tee man you guys are in big trouble yeah, but. see, I'm polar opposite. I mean, I'll yeah. flush one 320 down the middle every time, but then I'll three putt for bogey. Like, it's just like I've gone through four putters this year already in like three months. So, um, I, I would say you're probably mostly struggling with just, um, I mean, are, are, are they insert style putters? Are they milled faces? So, the two I've been struck, the two mallets I tried are both inserts, and I feel like I just yeah. hate the insert. They're so clicky and they're so hot and well, they're so hard to gauge. Yeah, that number seven Odyssey has that hinge face they have, and it feels like a trampoline. It feels like yeah. I can't control the speed. It's um, they're really really difficult unless um, you have one of those natural hands that's just kind yeah, of. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, 
stop at impact because mm-hmm. you know there are the guys that just take the club you know the putter head back real straight real low real smooth and then it just kind of stops like me yeah. i have a real you know lift and extend through my stroke and so uh insert faces have never done very well for me i really like very dull kind of clicky faces yeah i think i agree with you there because i just put the nike in like you said or like i was saying earlier and it has no face insert and i feel like my yeah. speed control is just like, so much way better, better. I also went to uh, the Callaway Chrome Soft XLS, um, mm. mostly because um, I was playing a TP5, and when I got stealth, I was just hitting high floaties that were going like 230 yards. Man, they mm. were just—they looked super towering off the tee. And then they just once fall got, the yeah, and then once we get down there, they you know went nowhere. Mm. I'm looking at dudes in front of me, 50 yards in front of me. I'm like, man, this is crazy. So then I tried a TP5X and I was better, but I spun the shit out of it. So my misses were just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, my buddy Brandon threw me next year's model of the XLS. And he was like, here, man, try these. Like, you might really like them. And I had hit them before. And I remember them feeling super, like, uh, kind of hard and, you know, really high compression. And I just couldn't figure out distance control with them. It just felt, you know, really forced. And as soon as I hit one with the stealth, I was like, damn, I'm just going to have to figure out how to hit these balls with the rest of my bag mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice how straight these things go for um, a little bit of difference in feel off of an iron face. Cause they are kind of clicky, but they roll off the putter. Amazing. So if you're struggling, try Chrome soft XLS, they're, they're really great. They feel amazing off of stealth. And since you have so much torque, they'll really calm down your, your high floaty misses that those Kirklands will give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all hitting that stealth too. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. We all have a stealth here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I had to do sexual favors for myself. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we got one pretty early, like pretty early in the game. And then, uh, we got hooked up with one for Bryce, which was pretty good. So, um, Thanks to that person who did that. Um, yeah, it was pretty that good, person. man. Oh, yeah, that cool. that person. It's uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna hide their identity. I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah he like, knows who he is. Just he, like no Chris's last game and last name. Yeah. So, but man, we're probably losing everybody. We're at an hour here, so people aren't listening anymore. Oh. So we're we're okay now. But uh, <laughs> the editing time is creeping up here for me, and the save time is now uh, approaching like four hours. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up, fellas. I appreciate it, Chris. This was awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, really, dude, thanks for really having nice me to on, have man. you on. And yeah, on. yeah, it's great shoot to uh, kind of just shoot the shit a little bit and kind of talk some golf. And then obviously, like Back of our DMs, you know, yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. <laughs> but you're like, honestly, man, Chris is one of if you're listening to the pod, thanks for sticking on with us this long. This is, uh, you know, really appreciate it, guys. But um, Chris is one of the best in the biz, man. If you're looking to get yeah. any restoration done, um, you know, we've seen Send me your Scotties. I'll save your dad's putter. I wanted to exactly, exactly. I, I we didn't really talk about AJ stuff, but maybe uh maybe next time we'll talk about those mirrors that you did for AJ because the patina on Same those just, things was sexy, man. That was they're uh, so hot, aren't yeah, they? I that was uh, hate him for being left-handed. I know, I know. And you you were telling me that you're like you had a video where it was like flipped and it was left-handed. I was scared, man, that you're gonna keep my putter or something. But uh <laughs> yeah, like AJ was supposed to be up here, so AJ's out west, he's in uh Edmonton, right? So he was supposed, uh, AJ, the owner of Pioneer Golf, who's been on the pod before, really great guy. Um, we've all got some of his gear on our bags, I'm sure. So, uh, again, yep. another one of the best in the biz, man. We're very lucky with the head cover people that we have up here in Canada. Like we got Dormy, Hazel, 
uh, Rawhide and Pioneer, like four of the best, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, man. very lucky, very lucky. But um, AJ was coming up here, man. And I was uh, like, I would be willing to, uh, you know, I, I might just, I might plates. just, I might just have to take those, man. I might just have to, I don't know if he's a big guy. I'm not sure. I'd have to size him up when I saw him and be like, okay, like, yeah, these are, these are mine now. Like, just like, just you know, dance. Here we go. yeah, this is, uh, we're in the jungle now, my friend, and these are mine. Welcome to Ontario. But, uh, yeah. And he's like nicely enough, like got a buddy playing at summit or something. He's like, oh yeah, man, like we'll have you out and stuff. And then I'm just going there, steal a guy's clubs. Right. So <laughs> sorry, AJ. <laughs> those, those so nasty. Some of the best I've seen and some of the best work, man. So if you're, uh, if you're Thank interested, you, yeah, Appreciate we're going to, we're going to link the, um, the Instagram profile below, uh, custom underscore clubs with a K, right? Yeah. Right true. on. So if you're listening in the car, same, same as usual, go down, check out the page, even just, uh, if it's really late at night, save it and go back tomorrow. Cause you're going to look through it for a while, but, um, yeah, give Chris a follow, post some really good reels and, uh, he'll get you into Instagram jail at least once if you get close with this guy. So we're yeah, out of it now. Definitely. Last time, last time we just found our way out of Instagram jail, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we were there, I think, cause we like reposted one of your reels right after you got jailed. And then it was us, man. We were in there for 24 hours or something. So uh, but, they get uh, mad at you, you know, uh, you know, like if you like me, they don't like you. And, uh, yeah, we I'm got... gonna keep, I'm, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep spreading neutrality, and I'm, I'm gonna keep you know spreading you know love for everyone, uh, minus uh, people with a bag full of hybrids, uh, yeah. guys that um, dress just ostentatiously in five hundred handicaps with two hundred club club <laughs> speed. Yeah, well, those people are gonna be here forever, but hopefully we can get them out. We can shrink the game a little bit and grow it to people that you know want to be here. Um, and I guess that's what I want to leave people with: shrink the game to you know the egos, and then uh, grow the game to people who are willing to learn, shut their mouths, and open their ears, and listen to some lifelong golfers. You know, uh, findings. And if you think that my findings are stupid, then just talk to someone else who's played golf their entire life, and they'll tell you the same thing. Well, we kind of get to the point, right? We're we all honestly sort of have a connection. Like once you become, like I was saying this, like, I can't remember what I was talking to you, but you get into the game and then you like, you're really unsure about the game. And then you find like a brand that you like, and you become like very brand specific to say Titleist or TaylorMade or something. You buy all their gear or whatever it is when you're like younger. And then you kind of move past that. Right. And you get to the point where you're like, okay, I really like want to support custom clubs or I really want to support Pioneer or Hazel. You kind of, and then you sort of like start to like build your bag around that. And you can really like show your personality through your golf bag. We spent a ton of time yeah. on the course. Right. So like, that's the idea. Right. And I know like Bryser's got like, you know, his wedding, uh, head cover on his bag. I got one of Jameson with my son on it. I got another one with my dog on it from Rawhide Golf. Like, you know, you get a bag that you like, you throw some buttons from GoTrack Social Club on there. And then like, you really can like have a talking point when you go out and meet people. And if they're new people to the game, like, you know, you can share a lot of different things with them. Right. And you're going to have a lot more knowledge than someone. That's how you kind of welcome people into the game. Like I met somebody the other day, Bryce, like I was in, winners or something picking something up and a guy came up to me he's like is that a copetown woods hat i said yeah like i was at copetown the other day for the mike weir event and stuff like that and like we were just talking for like 10 minutes about golf and then he came over to check out the pod you know it's just like so many ways to like kind of grow the game in that way whereas you know if we can uh if we can lend it out and do a little bit on this pod why not right it's great and everyone needs to stop being a gatekeeper because um if you know your grandpa was any good at golf who took you to the range and, you know, taught you everything, you know, if he was any good at golf, you'd be on tour. 
So you're not a gatekeeper, you know, you know, anyone who leaves dirty comments and shit on Instagram, if I see it, I'll blast you. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't care if the guy's swing is trash. He's on there. He's trying, he's putting himself out there and he doesn't need to hear your bullshit because Mm -hmm. my swing is a waste of $10,000 and, you know, um, you know, like lessons and all I have to offer is the advice of a washed up amateur. And I can tell you that I do not care if someone tells me my swing is trash because it works for me and uh, it keeps me enjoying golf at a fairly low handicap. And I'm going to play this way for the rest of my life. I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking here before, before we let everybody go, I get a comment the other day. It says WTF are these whack pants. Speaking of trash wings, this was Blake swing. Um, roasting a three iron, like, I don't know, two twenty five or something. Probably, like one of the pure, <laughs> probably one of the purest ball strikers. So I said, whoever said that cat so. Maca, you feeling the extension in those glutes too, huh? Bomb. Yeah, that was this is like so awkward, man. Like this is such a beautiful golf swing. It's like one of the cleanest ones you're gonna see. But uh, and, and yeah, so there's there's that guy everywhere on Instagram. Oh, that that guy. Dude, yeah, that dude lives in every small community across Instagram. Yeah, he is he is a five foot nine dude who lives at home with his mom in his mid thirties. His <laughs> wife divorced him. His dog doesn't even like him. And his golf game is forever stuck with an over the top slice. It got better. Yeah. You started at five foot nine. I felt a little attacked at that time, but yeah, <laughs> no, I don't no. fall. I don't fall under the, uh, un- under any of the other categories. You yeah, fall like, under Panda bear. You're yeah. different. <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to honestly though, trying to roast Blake swing because of his pants is just ridiculous, man. It's one of the nicest looking golf swings. There but, is. but, but five, but you don't want to be six foot. You're comfortable being yourself. Yeah, like man. anyone who's, who's fucking leaving comments about that is so five foot seven, right? You know, right in that moment, like they're just so five foot five, oh, five foot six. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm not someone who, you know, height shames. I just, I happen to come out this side. I didn't mean to, yeah, you know, I, I had no, I was a big boy. You yeah, guys are big I'm guys. Six, I'm six three, two eighty five. I was, I was a hefty boy. And <laughs> you got a um, hundred on me. Oh, I was a big boy. I was hefty. Um, it doesn't matter though. Cause you hit it past, me, you know, like it, it, you know, all of your clubs in your bag guarantee they go 15 yards past mine and your handicap is low for now guys we're gonna lose the uh, call but uh custom underscore clubs over on instagram go check it out thanks so much chris this is awesome thanks, man. Chris. Yeah, man. Love you guys. <laughs> he's out in my ball and of course so i tee up i lose the ball and i re-up i miss the fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an average i was working scenario birdie